Hello and welcome back to another one of Henry Weston's Old Mate, the podcast. It's Golf Chat. Um, Sam Killip is with me as ever. Before we get over to Sam and hear about how his golf and the state of world golf is going, just remind you, please drop us a follow, like the show if you're listening to us on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, all those good ones. Just like the show, write us a review and share us on your social medias if you could. You won't be watching us on YouTube because this one isn't going out, so let's not bother with that. Um, Sam Killip, my golfing friend, how are you, sir? I'm very well, thanks, Stuart. And yourself? I'm really good, actually. I, I just said people won't be watching us, so I, I don't need to explain the fact <laughs> that if this was on a video, you'd see me stuffed away in the bedroom because uh, my little podcasting office that I've been promised for three weeks by my wife still hasn't taken shape. And yet, before anyone says, yes, I could do it myself, but I'm not going to because she said <laughs> Um So, Sam, we're going to talk some more golf. Before we get into what is potentially live on the up and up, um, how is your golf, mate? Uh, it's a bit, a bit up and down, actually. Um, I played a couple of times two weeks ago, and I was going to give up. Like I was, I was really, uh, really <laughs> oh, just, brilliant, Mister Gibble, yeah. love that. I was so bad. I played twice, and I hit, I hit, I hit the clubhouse. I hit the putting green, like from the first tee, and then played the competition on Sunday. No expectations. And I shot one under gross. And oh, wow. It. Yeah, yeah. It come from nowhere. Like I was, I was been playing so badly. And then, yeah, just come out of nowhere. So, and I haven't played since. So. <laughs> uh, for people who may not know uh, where Sam plays down at uh, Royal Sinkports, hitting the clubhouse and the putting green, it's actually not that bad a shot. It's, I mean, it's off the golf course, but it, it's right. But it's not... You know, There's plenty of potential for it, yeah, but I haven't done it in about four years, so it was like, oh, God. When you step on that first tee, I mean, my brother many years ago actually hit the pro shop, so that's a bit more of a shank rather than a sort of <laughs> yeah, that is a good power one. fade. But, oh, good. So, uh, ups and downs, that's the way of the golf. I've actually played yeah. since we last chatted. Um, similar to you, played at my new golf club, a little short one over at Westgate and Burgenton. Uh, I stepped up on the fourth tee with no points. So that was a very, <laughs> that was a very promising start. But then I managed to muster 32 points from the remaining 15 holes with a couple more blobs. So 32 oh. points from 13 scoring holes was all right. But over there, I, I should be really, because I, I played the whole round with the same golf ball. So it was um, pretty. It's a it tough was, start Westgate now because they've changed. It's a par three, isn't it? Yeah, well, I shouldn't say I played the whole. I played every. Sh I played every shot after the first shot with the same golf ball because I lost one on the road. Um, yeah, that's a tough. That's a tough opening hot like because it, it, it's quite narrow, isn't it? Like where the green. Narrow. Is. Yeah, you only need to if you miss the green by twenty foot, you're off the golf course. Yeah. So uh, and then you've got the second tee. Your sort of bailout zone to the right is a tiered area, so it does. <laughs> down. Um, Sam. So our golf is up and down. That's sort of potentially good. Um, the world of golf, is it, has it steadied up? Is, is it evening out is the wrong word? You know, they're not, they don't seem to be shouting at each other as much. You know, if we put the PGA Tour and the DP Tour in sort of one uh, station or one stable, perhaps it's a horse racing term, and then we put live over the other side. They don't seem to be as screamy, shouty at the moment. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think it's sort of calmed down a bit now. I think if you go on Twitter, it's a bit different. The lots of uh, lots of accounts that have started this year that are saying lives the best thing since sliced bread. You know the bots and stuff. But um, yeah. yeah, I think now, like 
I think Liv have got all the main their main golfers. I don't think there'll be probably a couple more after the Presidents Cup, and then I think that will settle down and they'll have their their forty eight for the year and the PGA will have their top players and it will probably just there'll be more people go. I think you know because they'll just keep offering more money. So eventually people are going to go, but yeah, I think the majority. It's, it's steady down now and you won't really get too many more big names. No, well, potentially the, the second or the third biggest name or most prominent name in golf at the minute, Cam Smith, has, has obviously uh, sort of crossed over the bridge. But before we sort of talk about him, Rory McIlroy is flying the flag for everything that's not live. And he is flying it from a prominent position on the golf course. He's top of the leaderboard everywhere mm. he goes at the minute. Um, he's certainly backing up. I don't think he, he's quite good. I, I quite like the way he's coming across in the media. Um, he He's forceful with what he says, but he seems to be respectful of, of the guys who have gone to live, but um, he's doing a great job. He obviously won the, I guess it was the FedEx. Is that what they call yeah, it? Yeah. 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 The, the uh, season long thing. Yeah. I think he was quite yeah. lucky, but, in the end, like he yeah. was the best player throughout the year, but he, he he turned it on when the time was right. So, and that was quite was interesting because right. because it always catches me out every year when that rolls around that that final event is like a handicapped start. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, it's so bad. Like, I don't know why they're still persisting with it. I mean, it's fair play to him because he he triple bogeyed his first hole of that tournament, so he was ten shots back already, and then obviously won it, but. Yeah, I don't. I still. I don't think even they like it. I don't know why they do it. I don't because they. But then before it was, it was even more complicated. It was they were trying to work out in in play what they were doing, and no one could quite work out who was where. So this is a more <laughs> simplified version, I think, for people that can't get their head around it. But yeah, he, he he's brilliant. Like he's been. I say he's backed it up as well. It's not like he's just coming out and saying it. he's playing the best golf out of anyone in the world. Um, and he's say he's backing it up, and even now, like I think he's made him. He's playing in Italy this week, isn't he? Like he wouldn't have played that if this whole thing wasn't wouldn't happened. I don't think he's you know he's he's probably going to have to play a few more European or DP World Tour events than he'd like to now because he's sort of the the white knight, the shining star, and the voice. So he's got no choice now. He's got to sort of back up what he's saying. So I mean, he he looks. Uh, he's I've always been impressed with his wedge play but you look inside sort of I guess for these guys it's anything 160 and inside is probably one of them yeah. many wedges he he seems to make it look easy and even when he's his putting is hot and cold isn't it and yeah, his yeah. cold putting yeah. is probably still extremely hot for the likes of me and you <laughs> that wedge play doesn't seem to he, he just seems dialed in I watched a couple of holes yesterday and he was just sticking it close yeah. And that Italian Open, that's we could probably talk about that because that's going to be the host of next year's Ryder Cup, isn't it? Yeah, it looks um, quite tricky like, from a few. Uh, there's a few short holes, but it's still they're not ripping it up by any means. But yesterday, I was watching a bit of it, and it was blowing a gale. Like some of the, they played some really good golf. But yeah, I think it's going to be a good, a good venue. But say his wedge play, he's. I think what they said, he's changed his golf ball, and I think that's made because now he's controlling the spin where before he was launching it. And everything was just spinning back off. I think he's a change of golf ball and it's he's sort of got it dialed in with it now. So, yeah, it's good to see. Like, it's just when you hit it as, his, as far as he does, your wedge play should be your best thing, shouldn't it? Because you're hitting a wedge 95%. Should be the easiest part. Yeah, exactly. Like, he... 
Most, he's switched most up to a pinnacle guys. then, do you think, Sam? Yeah, he's yeah, he's got he's got rid of pinnacle. He's gone to the top flight now. So. He's got some. He's, he's, <laughs> he's got some Andrew Reynolds nine ninety nine for a dozen pinnacles. That's um, it. I was that just back to that Italian venue. I can't remember what it's called. A good a good host would have it written down. But I think I saw the stat yesterday, and they were about they were two hundred sixty eight over for the the front nine, and sort of minus forty to minus fifty for the back nine. So it's it's a tough. It's a tough front line. It's a long walk, isn't it? It's it's a yeah. it's a huge property. Um, is it fair? Who was it again? I haven't got his name, but there seems to be a little bit the European tour, the DP World Tour, as we're calling it nowadays. They were being referred to as a feeder tour to the PGA recently. That's um, that sort of asked. People have asked if we can stop using that term. Uh, do do they risk becoming? The third option for a professional golfer, if we if we take away this, well, you know, the Asia tour, the Japanese tour, and all these smaller sort of tours that you'll find within the various continents around the world, do the DP tour risk becoming the third the third best option, Sam? I think they are. I think you can't really argue it to be honest, because Liv's paying the money, the PJ's got all the stars, and the 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 DPs in between, and they, some, well, some would say they're quite, they've got a powerful hand, but some say they've got a weak hand because they've aligned themselves with the PGA Tour, but then now they have become the feeder tour. Like their, their prize pools, are, compared to the PGA Tour, are minimal. I mean, they're still playing for stupid amounts of money, don't get me wrong, but they are now the feeder tour. No matter how much they want to try and dress it up, that they're in a strong position, they're, they're not really because the people the top 10 of their race to Dubai now get a PGA Tour card. So that, to me, is a feeder tour. Like, you you can't get away from that. The, the thing that the, the DP has is the history. Like, they've got the tournaments, they've got the history, and that's all that's really keeping them afloat at the minute because Liv's got the money, PGA Tour's got the players, and sort of the DP sort of in between, they've got... They've got good golfers, but they're not superstars who play on that tour because all the money's in America or all we've lived. So yeah, they're in a bit of a bit of a bad situation in my view. But so the top, so the top ten performers this year, um, probably the young guns. Let's say the likes. Well, Hovland's already a, you know an established PTA, PGA Tour member, a multi, multiple time winner, obviously. Um, the, the, the top, you know, the good guys from the European tour who don't have a PGA tour card, the top 10 of them are going to qualify. They'll have probably have enough money in the bank to set themselves up or they, they can commit to that tour over there. There is more money. So realistically, they're all going to make that move if it is for a year. So that's 10 guys that the DP tour then lose for their, you know, for their big adverts, if they want to run their huge ad campaigns, they might not have that really good up and coming youngster who's done so well in 2022 because he's going to be over in the US. So yeah, it, it is a feeder tour. And I was thinking about it the other day. Really, if you get if you get 10 guys leave and let's say seven of them retain their card, there's more money in the US, they're gonna stay. The next year. Let's say ten more going again. That seven of them. So you, you're sort of fourteen players down over the course of twenty four months on a tour that's struggling. You're more than likely a couple of your older guys, someone like Richard Bland, maybe who, who'd been a, a DP World Tour ambassador for many years, and uh, you might have a couple more guys like him. Stenson is of that sort of age bracket, really. He's gone, so. Who is going to be supporting the DP World Tour? It, 
you run the risk of becoming a bit of a nobody tour. Yeah, well, the thing is, they've got this strategic alliance, haven't they, with the PGA Tour, and they're saying, like, like the Scottish Open this year, it was just like a PGA Tour event because all the big PGA Tour people come over. Then, obviously, the people that are in the Euro Tour week in, week out are getting pushed out because these big names are coming. So they're in a bit of a no-win situation because they want those players there, but they want to also keep their membership happy with a lot of people who play regularly. So it's a bit of a, they're saying they're in a bit of a no-win, in my view. They're, they're, um, yeah. They, they I mean, allow they, themselves to become yeah. not bullied, they, but dependent on other people, which which as a business, I guess I'm not a businessman, but you want to be, you want to have your own, you want to be in control of what happens, not reliant on other events, who the PGA Tour are going to send to you, blah, blah, blah. You You need to be in control to really move forward, I think, don't you? Yeah, and it, this is this has been happening long before Live, like the, the PGA and the European Tour. The, the European Tour has become less of a, less of a tour because the money is in America. So Live is just highlighting it basically, and they they've aligned themselves with the PGA. But then when they could have done it with Live, but I think Live would have just taken over, and the European Tour would have just become obsolete. But yeah, they're in a no. They've been in a no win for a long time. So this has just sort of amplified it and made it come around quicker with everyone going to Live. So. Yeah, I do feel sorry for the European Tour a bit because that's what I sort of grew up watching. I, I you know, quite like some of the I've, events. Like I've that. been tuning in lately because, I you know, it's, it was the old European Tour. It's now the DP World Tour or, or whatever we want to call it. But they're on the, the European swing. Um, yeah. So they have been in places like the Czech Republic. I think maybe the last time we chatted, they'd been in Holland. They'd been in Belgium. Um, and... I like you though in in Italy and the Italian Open has a massive amount of history behind it. You know, some yeah, yeah. past winners. You know, Molinari's won there a couple of times. Sam Torrance has won there, I think, multiple times in the past. Um, so yeah, let's well, let's hope it doesn't quite go the way of sort of down the pan. I don't think it's ever going to go down the pan, but it really oh. would be a shame to see it relegated. Um, let's talk live um, just from a humorous standpoint. Sam, has your has your stance on live softened any any anyhow? No, no. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't watched any. I watched the first, some of the first one, a little bit of the second. I haven't switched on since, so I don't. It means nothing to me. It, it it's not fun. It's not entertaining. Because Joe, you know what it could be entertaining. They're just overegging it so much that you think it's just you're 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 trying too hard. Like you could have a really good product on your hands here, but yet you're trying to really push it and it's yeah it's not for me i don't watch a lot of golf these days anyway i'm too busy with baby and stuff like that and work and but um yeah i don't i wouldn't watch it i don't and i think you looking at it now they were saying like where american football started this weekend or the, la the last one their, their viewer numbers have just like halved yeah like, well, you've got really college, college football yeah they're, they're a lot bigger than golf in the states so yeah. A lot of people won't be watching there, even though if you looked on Twitter, they'd tell you it was the most amazing thing. The crowds are massive. And yeah, no, I, I think it's all settled down now. The, the best bit about Live is the controversy that goes with it, with what players are going, how much money they're earning. It's not the actual golf product. Like that, the intrigue is within uh, who's going, how much they're getting paid, what's their contracts. That's the entertaining bit for most people with it. Like the golf is sort of like secondary, really. Well, let's, let's chat about a couple of. Well, let's chat about the events. I can't remember. Had they, you know, they've been, we talked about Centurion and then Pumpkin Ridge. Um, had a couple of South African winners 
they are. And then at Trump National in Bedminster, Henrik Stenson debuted and won. So we don't let's not talk about him winning, but let's talk about Henrik Stenson and um, what he's given up potentially. I mean, he so Stenson is a golfer who 15 years ago basically lost his swing. I mean, he lost everything. Um, with all his I, money as well. He, with all his money. He's done that again, I think. But then well, he, he's came, done that now, yeah. he came back uh, with a new coach. One, he had that fantastic battle with Phil Mickelson at Troon um, a few years ago. Won the, won the British Open, uh, the British Open, the Open, um, and had got himself to the point where he was the Ryder Cup captain. Um, we've talked about legacy on this podcast a bit before, haven't we, Sam? Um, yeah. Has he, he, he potentially has given up, well, a part of his legacy that would have been to be Ryder Cup captain on, on, on home soil, albeit in um, Italy, not... Uh, his home sort of nation of Sweden, but he's 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 taken it, he's he's given that up. He's gone and he's won the four point five million, whatever he's won for winning that first event. So um, he doesn't seem particularly bothered. He, in interviews that he's given, he suggested that he'd done everything he felt within his power to make the two things work. But the Ryder Cup and and the the DP World Tour weren't willing to negotiate with him so they have removed the captaincy and he i i don't know if he's the one who has resigned his memberships from from all the other tours but where do you stand on that sam do you see it as a shame or you're not particularly bothered uh you know these mercenaries can go and they they get what's coming to them i think it's quite sad and i think the him he knew what he was going to do before he took the captaincy, in my view, because that I think that's like, fair. That drives his price up, doesn't it? He can sort of say, "Well, I'm the European Tour cap, uh, European Ryder Cup team captain. This is how much you're going to have to pay me." And they they, they go, "All right." They don't want to particularly want to watch Henrik Stenson. I mean, even, even though he won, that's that should say it all about this tour. The fact that Henrik Stenson, a guy who is not won in about four years, pitches up and wins an event, that should say everything you need to know about Liv. But he he definitely uses that as a bargaining bargaining tool, and then would have got a lot more money because he was the Ryder Cup captain. So it's a little bit sad. I, I get it for him. Like I do understand it. Like he's earned a lot of money for doing nothing, really, hasn't he? Yeah. He you know he's got a good payoff and fair play to him. But you know some. In my view, some things are more important. Like the Ryder Cup captaincy has got to be like the pinnacle, surely, for most and European and- most European golfers. It's what you sort of aspire. Because before Liv came along, the right all these players like Polter, Westwood, Stenson, Garcia, the Ryder Cup, all they'd say is how good the Ryder Cup is. Now it's like, well, I'm not that bothered about it. So, yeah, there. It makes you wonder. You know, there must have been whether you know Stenson would have taken. He would have taken that job. The Ryder Cup job wouldn't have been financially based. I don't think. But yeah, you do all right out of it, though. You still what, get what comes off the back of it. Must have, you know, there must be financial gain. Yeah, I mean, not to the extent that, that he's got from Liv. Don't get me wrong; that, that's just stupid money. But he would have done all right out of it. He just say he just took the money, and I say I understand it to a certain extent. But don't say you're going to do something and then change your mind, especially when it's such like I say, it's one of the highest honors you can get in the game of golf, isn't it? Like, in my view, I think so. So yeah. Yeah, you can't argue with that. Yeah. Um, we moved on from from there, and 
So they're currently in Chicago, the Live Tour, but a couple of weeks ago or a few weeks back, they were in Boston and they really pushed it. They just signed the number one golfer in the world. Was he ranked number one, number two at the time? Cam Smith, wonderful victory at St. Andrews. Probably golf's worst kept secret, let's be honest. Um, Was he going to go before the President's Cup? Was he not? Um, Cam Smith seems to be the lovable Aussie rogue who just wants to have a bit more downtime to go fishing and spend a bit more time in Australia. He probably the $150 million or whatever that comes along with that probably helped him make the decision. How do you feel on someone like Cam Smith? He's, he's, he's not European and he's not American, Sam, but he has, you know, made good money from, from these tours away from home, away from Oz. Um, he's tried to go as quietly as possible, but being world number two and current champion golfer of the year, uh, you can't go quietly. How, where does, where does Cam Smith sort of stand? Where does that stand with you on, on some of the other high profile names, Sam? So that shows to me that everyone has a price because he, I don't know if it was a year or two years ago, said, I've got enough money. I don't need money. Money's not what I do. And then all of a sudden he's time for live. Um, I, I actually done one bit of research for this. He's earned twenty eight million pounds on the PGA Tour, so he's not sure of a few balls. <laughs> he could lend me and you a couple of quid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, I, I again, I get it because everyone everyone has a price, don't they? Like, I can't. I wouldn't be able to sit here and say I wouldn't take it. People will come up to me and say because I've obviously got quite strong opinions. People say, "Will you take it?" I was like, "Yeah, I probably would," but I'd come out and own it. But at the same time, I'd play professional golf for the salary I earn now because I love it. Like I would like. If someone yeah. paid me what I get paid now to play golf for a living, I'll do it. So, yeah, I, I understand it. All these people that go, I get it. I get it. Money is it's stupid amounts. It's crazy amounts. And if that's what drives you, that's what drives you. Like they say, the people that haven't got it are the people that care more about money and care about legacy and championships. And those those people, you can tell, like say Rory Speaks or Justin Thomas, they, they've got enough money. They're not short of a few quid, but they want to do it because they want to be looked back on in years to come and say, that, right, this, this was one of, the, one of the best golfers in the world. Or, you know, and I say, I get it. I do understand it. I do. I'm not saying they shouldn't take the money and go because we wouldn't be able to turn that sort of money down. But own it. Just own it. Just come out and say, you know, I've done it for the money. You're not doing it for... All these people now saying, oh, it's the best atmosphere and it's better than the Ryder Cup and this is the best moment. Like, of my life you think nice no, you'll just be well, able to say that let's talk about it a bit because in boston boston has a rich sporting history if you think of the celtics the basketball team and larry bird and you know multiple nba championships you look at the red Sox in the um in the baseball and you know the iconic stadium the green monster if you sort of as a right-handed batter you hit it left and you've got to sort of clear the green monster um, and again, multiple sort of World Series, not for a while, but World Series sort of winning. They're a winning city uh, and they are well known for having opinionated sports fans. I suppose the whole of America might have a strong <laughs> opinions on a lot of things, but they did seem and it seemed to me that they really did try and hype it across the socials. Um, and it looked, to be honest, I guess you can you can get an iPhone out and you can get in amongst 30 people and if you film it right you can look like it's <laughs> 40 deep and 
you know, and DJ hold the sort of 40 footer on the playoff to win. It rattled in the back of the cup and everyone goes wild. Um, it looked fun. I have to be honest. People, a lot of people aren't going to be duped by it, but at yeah. what point Sam is, is the rest of the golfing world just going to have to accept live for, for what it is. Is live going to continue to push this party lifestyle that dare I say that they aim at a certain fan base? Are they, are they going to pitch up? Are they going to sort of pitch their schedule around, you know, cause then they're not going to, how can they go from Boston to they're going to be in Jeddah for the seventh yeah. event? You know, no, there's not going to be, nobody's going to watch that. Like, there's going to be no, there's not going to be beer flowing. There's not. No. Going to be... <laughs> this, is the, this is the thing. Like they've got all these players now, and they're all saying we're having a brilliant time. You wait till next year; they won't be having a brilliant time. The only thing they'll be enjoying is the money because the goalposts are going to change with Liv. Like they can do whatever they want. They've got them signed down to a contract now. You wait until next year when they're having to do fan forums, when they're having to wear a certain uniform to play golf in, it's all going to change. And like these people think they're being clever who've joined. You're in for a world of trouble when next year. Like <laughs> you are. Like you, you're, just gonna, you're just a puppet. You are just a puppet for the Saudi government. And like you say, they don't, I don't think people realise how... Like, I'd love to get older of a few of the contracts and have a look of what they've signed to do because... It's all fun and games now. It's the same. Like someone was describing it with Uber, like the same thing as Uber the other day. When Uber started, their prices were rock bottom. When they hook everyone in, the prices go above taxi late. And that's that's what Liv have done. That's what Liv have done. They've they've got all the people they need now. And now they're just going to control them more, like say, more events. There'll be 72 holes soon. They'll be cut soon because they want world ranking points. And until they conform to the world ranking criteria they're not going to get them. No matter how many players they claim, or the best players in the world they claim to have, they've got to conform to that. And then, so this whole 54, we're changing the format process. It won't last long. They'll be playing 72 hole stroke play, non-shotgun start events before you know it, I guarantee. Has the, has the team principal of, of Live Golf gone anywhere since? I mean, I didn't particularly, I, I, I enjoyed some of the coverage that I've watched. I couldn't get into the team side of it again, they really tried to push it in Boston. I felt um, for you, for me, it has, it's still not there. It's, it's a part of it that I like the idea of really Sam, but you've got, it's not really, it's not like you, you haven't got the four or five members of each team playing in the same group. I don't think. Yeah. It's too hard to follow. I think, I mean, I've not watched it. All I know is Pat Perez is earning so much money from the other three. It's just unbelievable. He can't, he must have can't believe his luck, that guy. Because somebody not, somebody always gets lucky. Yeah, he's not finished under pie yet. I think he's about three over now, and he's like he's going to earn another four or five million out of it, or whatever it is. Like that guy must be loving life because he's an average, very average golfer, and has been for a number of years. And he's just sort of getting all this money. He's in a team with DJ Reed and Gooch, isn't he? Like the three yeah. best players on that tour, and they're basically carrying him. But he's always there. Yeah. carrying as well. Yeah, chucking champagne. Have you seen his other half? Is she? Oh, no wonder he's doing. You know, all this money. She must be spending it left, right, and centre. I did. I did. Well, we we were well aware of who DJ's other half was, but um, she was looking particularly glamorous in the yeah, post, the post-win yeah. interview. <laughs> um, yeah. 
I mean, we all knew Mr. Gretzky was a, a high performer on the ice hockey field, but he must have been a high performer somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's finish with something. And I, we haven't, we're, we're not working off a script here, are we? But there's something I, I wanted to just mention because he's been a controversial golfer over the years. He, he eventually won his major. You know, he's got that Spanish flair, Mr. Sergio Garcia. He has divided opinion. Um, I've kind of been a fan because I didn't mind over the years that sort of bad boy image. I didn't mind him having a bit of a club throw and I, I didn't mind him telling caddies off or spectators off particularly. And I didn't mind. I quite enjoyed some of the interviews he, he gave. You know, his English has always been spot on and he's he seems to be able to give a quite an intelligent and uh, reasoned interview, but also with, it, with being able to let people know when he's thoroughly not happy with them. But my... I've been a fan of Sergio's over the years and he's wearing on me a bit, Sam. I think his antics at where was it? Where was it? Not Wentworth. Where did he go and play recently? And yeah, Wentworth was it was. He played the first round. And then sacked it off. And then sacked it off. And then um, went to the States to watch college football. Yeah. So he's he's he is, you know, after he was the new Sevi, and let's be honest, he he came along at a time when European golf and Spanish golf needed someone to take the mantle on and he did it performance wise. Um, but what is he's letting, I think he's letting himself down a bit. He'll never see this podcast. He won't care that Stuart says that, but what do you think? Why, why is this a man? He seems to be. He's like a man child. Yes. He, he's, he's regressing, isn't he? As, as he should be getting to the point where, Maturing, in life. maturing and be bit in a sense like Rory's doing, growing into a role. He seems to be doing everything he can to kick off his shoes and have a as a have a hissy fit in the middle of the supermarket. Yeah, to me, Sergio's cancelled. Like he's gone. Like, I'm I'm done. Like I can't. He's just a twat. Like he's just an arrogant little whiny bitch, in my opinion. Like I used to love Sergio. I used to love watching him play golf. But the last few years, you just think. Mate, come on! Like you're playing golf for a living, you're acting like you're the king. Like you, you're not. Yeah, he's just. I don't, I don't know. Like he just doesn't care. He just doesn't care about anyone but himself. And I, I listened to a podcast when I was running the other day, and they were saying that he, it, the BMW in Germany, I think it was the European Tour event. Apparently, he just went in the locker room, which was shouting, "You lot are all fucked. You're, <laughs> you, you, you're not. You, this is a shit tour." You're all fine. Look, apparently you're saying this to Bob McIntyre. I think they like Bob McIntyre wanted to chin him. But yeah. yeah, he was just being an absolute twat. And he's just it's sad really because he's the leading point scorer in the Ryder Cup. Like he's a legend in European tour golf, but he's going to be remembered for his antics over the last few years, which is quite sad. And so when he won his major, I was so happy because he, he seemed like a good guy then. But I think the last few years he's shown his true colours and he really has let himself down. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm sure he probably doesn't care all the money that he's got now. That he, what anyone thinks of him, but yeah, I like when 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 Harrington pipped him at the at the Open, and he looked broken, and you couldn't help but feel for him, even though he probably hadn't performed best, not the way he played his golf in that final round, but I don't think he, you know given the best account of himself with his body language and everything. And then realistically, and he looked broken, but he still managed. The world felt sorry for him. And then yeah. he won at Augusta. And 
you know, he'd finally got the major, which I think he, he deserved. But yeah, without doubt, he, he certainly that fan base. He car- he didn't carry the European Tour, um, but he he was a figurehead of the European Tour prior prior to the likes of Rory, you know. Um, but yeah, that's that's sad. So to finish the podcast, we've got you know the the live golf is going to head off to Bangkok, then they're going to be in Jeddah, then they're going to finish off in tr- at another Trump National <laughs> in Miami. I mean, I think Pat Perez has probably already got his outfit <laughs> sorted for that. Um, let's the, the the tour the 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 PGA tour is oh, let's see bloody sixty five weeks of a of the year if it needs it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Um, they're already into season 2023, I believe. Um, the European tour is coming to sort of winding down. I guess they end up in Dubai to finish today. Yeah. Um, yeah. So where is, where is golf going in the new year? So have you, I haven't, where, who, who have you heard? Um, I've heard that Matsuyama still might potentially go after the President's Cup, but maybe no, I, not. I what, think, what I have think, you heard? No, I think he's say. I think Adam Scott's the next one. Okay. Next big name. Uh, Mito Pereira's on the international team's gone already. He's signed, but he's playing the President's Cup and then going. Okay. And then, say, Adam Scott's the one that is going to be the next, I've heard. Um, I think Hideki's pretty safe, I think. Because I was, again, I was listening to another podcast that said Hideki, what they were offering him for 400 million up front is what he will make off his image in Japan anyway. So it's no, he's going to be no better off going to live because he, he would be massive for them to get with the Japanese audience, but he's not going to be any better off than if he stays on the PGA Tour. So they, so. they need to double that to get him there. Yeah, pretty much. That, that he would be close to a Tiger offer. Like That's how big he is and how much he's worth to them. Um, but then did you see that they'd lined this Japanese team up for him and now they've dropped all the Japanese players in live? Yeah, they because they, <laughs> so, they obviously thought Hideki was coming. They got these three other Japanese guys in. And then as soon as Hideki said, no, I'm staying with the PJ Tour, they dropped three of them. They've dropped three of them. So that just sums it up, doesn't it? And Greg and say Greg Norman, like, I don't know how long much longer he's got left, but yeah, he's um I, I saw I do occasionally look on his Twitter or Instagram. I just think, God, mate, come on. Come on. <laughs> Just, just go. You've done what you needed to do. You've paid well. Just, just leave now. Yeah. yeah. Apart from that, I've not really heard anyone else. I think all the big names are sort of PG. But there was, there was this rumor going around last week that a top ten player was going, and it, it was rumored to be John Rahm, but he's obviously come out and said no. I'm not. Yeah. You've got that one wrong. So, I, Joe, if, if I was going to put money on anyone out of the top ten, it'd be Hovland. If I was going to, I've heard a few rumors. Yeah, I think we talked about him before, hadn't we? Yeah, I um, think he'll be the way. If anyone out of that top ten that was in the meeting, the big PGA Tour meeting goes, it'll be him. Okay, well let's let's leave it there. Let's reconvene in sometime before Christmas, Sam, and see where the golfing world is at. Maybe me and you will get out and have a little game of golf. We can yeah. take a record around and catch up. <laughs> whichever one of us is having the biggest tantrum. But Sam Killip, thank you for joining me on Henry Weston's Old Mate the Podcast. Uh, it's all our our 25 listeners out there please don't forget to give us a follow and a like and share us about sam thank you for joining me mate it's fun as always yes mate anytime